All right, all right, all right. What's up, what's up, what's up, everybody? Welcome to a bonus, a bonus episode of the Why Jesus podcast, answering life's most important question, Why Jesus? You guys have no idea how excited I am um, about the guest that we have today. This is somebody that I used to go down rabbit holes listening to her stuff coming out of the new age and especially when I was learning things about the law of attraction and you guys all know I'm coming out with a book and she was one of the catalysts that helped me differentiate what is truth and what is false and to witness her testimony and how she quote unquote gave up everything in order to follow Christ it's just it's such a powerful testimony and the Lord has used her to bless so many people so guys let me just introduce you, Doreen Virtue. Thank you so much for hopping on here. How are you doing? Hi, John. It's great to be with you. Hi, everyone. So let's just dive right in, Doreen. Uh, you have such a, a powerful testimony. I know that you you grew up in Christian science, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then that kind of led you down a path towards teaching New Age practices you know, later on in life. So if you could walk us through, one, what Christian science is for people who may not know um, just a brief under just to get a brief understanding of it and then also how did growing up in Christian science how did you feel that you were quote-unquote called to teach this to the masses yeah well Christian science was um, my family's religion uh, my mother was a Christian science practitioner I was a fourth generation Christian scientist and of course everyone knows that's not Christian nor scientific it's from a man named Phineas Quimby, who also influenced Kenneth Hagin's work and the Word of Faith movement. And you can even see that it's a direct line to the new Apostolic Reformation, NAR. So this one man who was a hypnotist, Phineas Quimby, um, he was the kind of the catalyst for this teaching that led to Law of Attraction, The Secret, Name It and Claim It, all these things. And I was raised that it's always God's will for us to be healed in every situation and if we're not healed it's our fault that we have had what they called an erroneous thought we thought wrong and so i was grown up with this law of attraction mind control that you always have to speak positive think positive we were not allowed growing up to ever complain ever and so just you know that's just not natural you can see in the psalms with david pouring his heart out that god intends us to express all of our emotions that's why he made them and and to turn to him in repentance if we have uh, hateful thoughts for example as jesus said that's the same as murder and and so that's the human condition but um these these teachings that you were into i was into are teaching that we are the center of the universe we create our reality, our thoughts create our reality. And that led me into the New Age under Louise Hay at her um, New Age publishing house. And she was kind of the grand dame of teaching positive affirmations and, and that you could think your way out of illness. And she said she did that with her cancer. And she was raised Christian science too, by the way. It's kind of interesting how many of us. Um, and so then um, I began touring with them and some of the top selling new age authors in the world. We were going all around the world and being treated like rock stars. And all of us had messed up lives. We all, you know, had 
multiple relationships problems. Many of them were into drugs. I was into alcohol for a while. Um, it was just, we had no business telling people what to do. And it was a business. I mean, there was so much pressure on us by our event producers and publishers to fill the seats of workshops and to sell the books just completely in advice to make that happen. And, and so, you know, you'd be promising things. And I, I think I really believed it back then because that's how I was raised, that if you think this way, then you'll get goodies, you know, God will bless you with all of these things. And, and so that's what I was teaching. And that is a very popular idea to teach. You can see that with Joel Osteen, his popularity and the other prosperity teachers. So I was no different. And I soon became one of the top selling new age authors in the world with over 70 books and these angel cards that I was known for. They were like tarot, but they didn't have anything negative because of course, you know, your, your mind control taught not to teach anything negative because then you could have a negative experience. Excuse the dogs. I have seven of them and they chime it's in. It's all right. My, my neighbor's okay. dogs like to show up uh, every now and then too. So, <laughs> okay. All right. Any, uh, anyway, so it was just this whirlwind of my life. Um, just, becoming the top selling new age author. And my husband and I had this really nice materially fleshly life in Hawaii on the big Island. And we had a, this beautiful ranch, small home, but a gi ginormous uh, barn with a riding arena. Um, I'm really into horses and I had gypsy banners and, you know, really fancy horses back then. And, and we had all kinds of animals. They were all rescue pets. Um, and we weren't selling them or anything. So we were making a ton of money, but we were putting all this money out to take care. It was like 300 animals by the end there. And uh, also treating my friends to first class vacations, you know, just kind of living the rock star life. And I thought I had it all, but I was always seeking, John. That was the weird part is like I had the career, I had the health, I had the friends, you know, everything seemed to be going for me. But I was always searching in old metaphysical and occult books for some secret. And I, I never went to the book, The Secret. I knew because I knew all these modern teachers and I knew they were all messed up. So I never went to their books. But I thought that, that some of the older teachers might have the secret. So I was looking in the 1800s books usually. And, and I was just feeling empty, even though I you know seemed to have it all materially. There was this seekingness in me. Is that even a word seekingness? I just, I was we just can, looking. We can rock with it. Okay. I was looking and, you know, I'd had the Bible on, on my shelf my whole life because I was raised in Christian science and in Christian science, you read the Bible. We went to church twice a week. I was told I was a Christian. I was a false Christian. There was a false gospel there. It was a man-centered gospel, but I thought of myself as a Christian. I used Christian terminology as a new age teacher. And I had, uh, because of that, uh, a lot of people who also identified as Christians and Catholics coming to my workshops. And we were all kind of rejecting what we called organized religion. We all thought the Bible was corrupted by Constantine, which historically is impossible, by the way. Uh, we all thought the Roman Catholic Church took missing books out. Uh, that's historically impossible. But the New Age teaches that because the devil doesn't want you to be reading God's word and, 
And when I finally did, that's when I, my eyes were open. God opened my eyes when I read Deuteronomy 18, 10 through 12, that said that everything I was doing in the new age, the divination, the mediumship, interpreting omens made me an abomination to God. And you could have, I, I was floored when I read that. I read it over and over because up until that time, I thought I was doing God's work because people were happy and they said they were comforted by my work. And the, and the new age stuff works. That's the hard part. It really does work to, an, to a degree like uh, Pharaoh's sorcerers could mimic God's miracles through Moses and Aaron to a degree. So, it, you know, it was yeah. confusing. Yeah, I, I've noticed the same thing, right? Uh, so I, when I got into business, I, I was a super negative person, right? And when I, when I tried to be successful in business, it wasn't working because I was very, very negative all the time. And uh, some of my business colleagues who were much more successful than I was were like, John, you have to stop thinking the way that you're thinking. Start thinking more positively, right? So I agree with that aspect of things that we should think more positively than negatively if you're negative all the time nobody's going to want to work with you nobody's going to imagine us telling people about christ now and we're just mad all the time you know it's <laughs> it's just it doesn't fit right but um when they when they started telling me that i needed to change the way that i thought it started off as these good things, but then it led me down to things like the secret. It led me to, instead of just, hey, you have to change the way that you think because you need to be a pleasure to work with, it went from that to you need to change the way that you think so that way the universe can bend to your will. And it was like we crossed over the line from you know just a mental exercise to now practicing occultism without even realizing it, you know? Um, so. It's, it's interesting how it just weaves its way in there, right? And how you can be, as you said, growing up thinking you're a Christian and you don't even read the Bible, you know? So it's just mind blowing. How do you, how do you, um, how do you warn people kind of, you know, before we get into when you left and, and, and quote unquote left it all behind, um, how do you help people decipher when something claims to be Christian but is is obviously not to those who know what Christianity is, but to maybe a new believer, it's just they're completely oblivious to it. Yeah, that's just the thing, being oblivious, you know, because in, in my upbringing, we did read the Bible, but it was cherry-picking the so-called positive verses, which is crazy. And so we would we we did not believe the crucifixion really happened. We did not believe that the fall in the garden really happened. Wow. And because those were negative, right? And we would only focus on ask and it shall be given, knock and the door will be open, that these greater things than these will you also do. We just focused on the, the me-centered gospel. And then what we did, and this is what I see people doing in the New Age and what's called progressive Christianity, which is also not Christian, is we imagined what Jesus would be like. So in the new age, a lot of us thought we were following Jesus like a spirit guide, which is blasphemy, but that's, we called him an ascended master. We thought he was exactly equal with the deities from other religions like Kuan Yin and Buddha and Krishna. We thought they all worked together in heaven to answer our prayers and make the world peaceful and happy. And that was our imagination. And so Jesus too, 
us as New Agers and a lot of progressive Christianity people uh, is kind of like a laid back hippie. Like, whoa, man, if you're positive, you're happy. That's cool with me. Just, just don't hurt anybody. Go do what you want. Follow your heart. Follow your bliss. That's what we thought Jesus was. And when I finally read the, the Gospels and then, of course, the whole Bible, which is all about Jesus, I, and to see that he has parameters that he called the Pharisees a brood of vipers, that he said they were children of the devil, I, I thought, well, that's not very loving at first, you know, that's, <laughs> because th that's not very positive. But he, he couldn't lie. And so he told everyone the truth. And that's what our Lord and Savior does. And he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He has not changed. So he's not this super inclusive, woke guy in the sky that I thought he was and that a lot of people still continue to think. And so the first thing that I always talk to people who think they know who Jesus is, think they know what Christianity is, is you, as you said, you've got to get in God's word. And then, of course, the devil has really Teflon-coded people against the Bible. He said it's boring, it's irrelevant. He'll point to a few of the Levitican you know, commandments and rules about shellfish and, and you can't mix linen with cotton, you know, all these rules to say, look, it's, this is crazy. It's, it's hypocritical. Why would you even listen to this? Not realizing that Jesus fulfilled those laws. They were all foreshadowing him. And so you need the context of the Bible. And I had, I had tried to read the whole Bible for a long time, but I always kind of got stuck when Lot was in the cave with his daughters. I was always like, ew. And I didn't understand why would God's word, if this is real, why would it feature rape and incest and murder and slavery? I just, it just was so negative seeming to me. And I had to understand that the Bible is a portrayal of humanity when they reject God as their king. I mean, the book of Numbers really shows that, the book of Judges especially. and. And so when I finally realized that it was like reading a newspaper, and this is how evil our sin nature is, then I was, uh, it was in context. That was, that's the whole thing, is reading it in context. And I have a friend who was also a, a very famous New Age psychic, and, and he was challenged by someone. It was really interesting. Someone said to him as he was putting down the Bible, have you actually read the Bible? And he said, no. And the guy said, well, how can you put it down if you haven't read it yourself? So my friend actually read the whole Bible just as this challenge and through the way God used it to convert him. And now he's also an evangelist. Wow, that's awesome. Right? Yeah, so God's word is living and it's breathing and it's like a double-edged sword that does surgery on us, exposing our sins. Uh, it's, the, the, it's the only book where the author of the book is peering over your shoulder and and if you pray will illuminate the passages that you need to know and it's it's how god speaks to us today amen and i think that that last thing you said there it's how god speaks to us today is so important because it a lot of these new age teachers and going even into like word of faith and like hyper prophetic and charismatic uh churches they they feel that they are speaking for God today, you know, giving you a word of knowledge and, uh, you know, all of these prophets that are, are, they're prophets for profit, 
you know yeah they, they are they, are. they I, i've seen some that i'm just like man how how are people falling for this and it's because we're so desperate you know we're we're so desperate and jesus can sometimes feel like this far off not even person but far off idea that we can't physically grip on so we end up gripping on these false prophets and false teachers because they tickle our ears and they know that we're vulnerable and they prey on that vulnerability so i wanted to ask you if there were some things that you saw in your time in the new age that kind of reflects that where people um are just like looked at as prey you know i i know you mentioned uh, you got to fill these seats you got to sell these books you got to do all that it's it's interesting to me because new age is kind of um uh, they portray themselves as all there is is love. There's nothing else but love. We are love is the highest frequency. This that, but the business side of it is savage. Mm -hmm. And so, if you can touch on some of that, you don't have to give any names or details or anything. But uh, you know, just just how was that experience, and what kind of pressure did you feel, and what kind of things did you see? Oh well, I could write a whole book on that, John. <laughs> Maybe, Maybe I will you should. Someday. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, I think that the people at the top, I just have to say, because I knew them personally, I traveled with them. I think the people at the top genuinely think they're helping people. I don't think that they're scam artists at the top. I certainly met some who, you know, were probably the B players, but I was up there with the A-listers and I, it really seemed like this duality where I want to make a ton of money while I'm helping people was really the, the dual goal going on there. They... I think we all really felt like, because our audience would give us that feedback. We would, after our talks, we would have a book signing, which would last for two or three hours. And we'd get to meet the participants and they would be crying, thank, you know, gratitude. Thank you. You've helped me so much. And, and, and so we genuinely would leave uplifted and encouraged that we had done a good job. We had helped people. And then of course our, events managers and our publisher would come pat us on the back. You sold so many books. And so it was a very um, competitive environment uh, for a lot of people. I, I didn't really participate in that, but the, a lot of my peers were constantly looking at their Amazon scores of their books and, and um, you know, trying to compete with other authors. I, I never did that because it seemed like a waste of time. <laughs> a book's going to sell what it's going to sell. Um, and there, but there was a lot of pressure to always be posting on social media. We were told by, um, I don't want to say who, our higher up, that we had to post on Facebook three times a day. Uh, many of us were told to get social media managers. Uh, we were toured at least every other weekend to different cities. And the, the rule I was given very quickly at the beginning was never talk about your problems, never confess to the audience that you have any problems. If you have problems that you've solved, say it's someone else, you know, that, that, <laughs> uh, that you know someone who went through this issue. And so when I became a Christian and started to hear pastors talking about their issues they went through, at first I was like, you can't do that. <laughs> but then I realized that that's, that's transparency is something that's biblical and that it's healthy. So the, the point is the New Age authors pretend to have it all together. And the selling point is you can be like me. You, and, and so they brag and boast about their material possessions. They'll bet, you know, oh, I have this mansion, I have this Ferrari, I have this 
hot wife, you know, they'll have the trophy wives, and, <laughs> and I have all these things, and you can have this if you buy my book and go to my workshop. That's the new age, you know, pitch. Yeah. And, and, and then it's always one more mountain to climb. It's always sign up for this workshop, but if you want the secret, you've got to sign up for my advanced workshop, and you've got to buy these advanced audios. And, and then you need to, and I, this, I was before this gimmick when I got out in 2017. Nowadays, you have to join a community, and it's like $99 a month to join a community. All these shticks and gimmicks that are just designed to make money, and it's just, I mean, it would Jesus would be turning over the tables with something like that when they call it Christian. Yeah, I, it's interesting you say that. There's a quote that I got from you for, for my book um, where you were... I don't. I can't remember it off the top of my head, and I wrote it. But uh, <laughs> um, you, you said something like, "There is no secret. This, they're just telling you that there's a secret, and then they're selling you the answers. They're just making you poorer and them richer, and just by right. by kind of moving the goalpost every single time. It's like, all right, you came to this workshop. Now you got to come to the next one. Like you said, I when I was doing research for the book, I was looking into. Um, at the end of the secret, they, they say they have all the contributors, right? So I just went to see what all of these contributors were doing. And I tell you, like 99% of them are only doing like I'm selling you courses, uh, you know, sign up for this um, Zoom that we're doing, come to this spiritual workshop, you know, download these audiobooks. None of them seem to be doing anything except selling you that you can attract abundance from the universe like they're not attracting abundance from the universe they're attracting money from your wallet exactly and and your book is so great at breaking that down john I, i'm really excited for your book and it's why i i endorsed it uh is that this isn't it's a multi-level marketing ponzi scheme in the new age especially with law of attraction as you said the only ones making money are those who are selling tickets to workshops or books or audios or communities uh, memberships to learn how to make money but then they'll be taught to go after the next person and and so it's no different than any other multi-level marketing scheme and and the the, the trap is that it's it's being an indentured servant to the devil it's not serving Christ to do this. It's not pointing people to the gospel of our Lord and Savior who <clears throat> fully God and fully man came to earth and was the only sinless person to ever walk the face of the earth so he could take the punishment that we all deserve because we've all sinned. And then he died as cruel, torturous death to take the wrath that we deserve and to impute us with his perfect righteousness. And then three days later after he died, he was resurrected and hundreds of people saw him physically. They ate with him, they touched him, they talked with him. And then he, he of course ascended to the right hand of our Father God and he will return to judge us all. And that's what we should be teaching and we shouldn't be charging for it. We need to be pointing people to Christ. Time is getting close. I mean, you can see the breakdown of society and I'm not one of those you know, persons with a newspaper in one hand and a Bible in the other. I'm <laughs> yeah, not yeah. here. I, you know, I'm not prophet or anything, and only God knows when Jesus is going to return. But he did say, if the leaves turn on a tree, you can tell what season is coming up. And you can just see that there's the devil isn't even trying to hide anymore. The evil is being 
promoted and 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 it's being um, glorified. Satan's being glorified all over the place, and so we have to prepare. Um, whether it's Jesus' second return or someone's death, um, we don't know when we're going to die. Jesus, uh, God knows. Jesus is God. He knows when we're going to die. And if we're not covered in Jesus' righteousness, you'll be judged for the sins that we that you've committed, like we've all committed. And that's where I was headed uh, before God so graciously saved me in 2017. And, you know, I, I get so scared for people who are not saved, John. Uh, on their behalf, I just, you know, the devil is trying to get as many people as he can into his lair, hell. And he's competing with God, who anyone who believes the gospel will be saved. Everyone who believes and accepts the gospel will be saved. God doesn't turn away anybody. Isn't it so incredible? Two things, right? One, how the most positive thing came out of the most quote-unquote negative thing. The thing that you were not allowed to talk about um, in New Age or Christian science. You're not allowed to talk about the one thing that saves you, which is the crucifixion of Christ, his resurrection from the bodily resurrection. You know, he wasn't, this wasn't some spiritual or, or allegorical thing that happened. This is an actual historical event that we can verify by digging into history. And, um, you know, that's one thing. And then the second thing is how simple the gospel is and how complicated all of these other practices are, you know, to try to achieve this, this enlightenment for whatever outcome of that you may believe it is. Some people believe it's reincarnation. Some people believe whatever. So that way you get to, you know, your next higher self in your next life. But it's so complicated. It's so much work in order to achieve it. And all we have to do is put our faith in Christ. It's like all what these new agers are, are seeking for is so simple but it's sold to them in complexity and it just keeps you it's spiritual heroin like i say in the book you know it's just one spiritual high after another spiritual high after another spiritual high and then you're you end up in you know james ray's sweatshop and you've never heard the gospel sweat sweat lodge you never heard the gospel and three people died in his sweatshop in in his sweat lodge i'm pretty sure they didn't like james didn't go speak the gospel to them before this happened you know and this is why um we ring the alarm on this stuff because it's not just uh you know oh, how come you christians want to push your religion on me it's hey you could end up like these people like the woman from the secret um uh kathy goodman who thought that she healed her cancer and and then is on the secret talking about how she healed her cancer only to later on die from cancer you know that it's it's so dangerous these beliefs that are disguised and you know for no wonder satan himself disguises uh, masquerades as an angel of light um so let's talk about uh when you left the new age you know i look at the new age like it's a cult and i'm just curious what that was like how was how did your colleagues treat you how did your fans treat you how did your family treat you like what was it like and then also you know you gave up all your book royalties in your and and all of that like you left what people dream for the carrot at the end of the guru stick you were essentially it and you left it all behind i know people must have been like what 
So talk to us about that experience. Yeah, um, it was a whirlwind. Um, I, it, it had seemed like Jesus was calling me out of the new age for about two years. I had watched or listened to an Alistair Begg sermon on false prophets back in January, 2015. And that was the first time I remember the Holy Spirit convicting me. And it, it was this process of going to, uh, uh, trying to find an Orthodox church in Hawaii to go to. Not easy. There, there's a lot of paganism mixed with Christianity there. And, and then at the same time, my husband and I, who he was also a new ager who had, was touring with me as the meditation keyboardist, and he would also give readings from stage. And, and so we were reading the Bible together, praying uh, for God's will. And so in late 2017, around September of 2017, was when I read Deuteronomy 18, 10 through 12 and, and repented. Um, big time, just wailing on the floor, crying. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't know what I was doing. Uh, please take over my life, Lord Jesus, and gave my life to Jesus right there. And so then it was like, because I had been raised in metaphysics, it it was like going to another planet, <laughs> another country where you don't know the culture or the language. H how do you be a Christian? I had been going to church for two years with my husband, um, not biblically sound churches, but we were kind of immersed in that uh, but we were at the same time still touring with the New Age teachers. I was trying to mix Christianity with uh, angel cards, which are like tarot. Uh, at, for about eight months, I tried to do that and thought that I could do that. I was even going to make a deck of uh, uh, tarot cards that had Bible verses on them. You know, I mean, just you see this with people. They try to put the word Christian on front of pagan practices. They're, they call themselves Christian witches or Christian Enneagram or Christian yoga. You know, you just, you can't put the word yeah. Christian in front of a pagan practice and say that it's redeemed. It's not. And I, I was trying to do that for about eight months and finally surrendered. And the first thing that hit me was spiritual warfare, like a wave of demonic activity. Just it, it, all these so-called angels, you quoted second Corinthians 11, 14, the, devil masquerading as an angel of light. I thought I was getting messages from angels since I was a kid, but it turned out they were fallen angels, AKA demons. And they turned on me the minute I turned away from them and turned to Jesus. And I couldn't sleep because there would be just this sense of evil presence moving around. And I didn't know what was going on. I had the sense that because I was, I've always been very transparent and I was doing regular video updates on YouTube back then. Since 2009, I've been doing videos on my channel. And so I told people right off the bat, hey, I'm reading the Bible, I'm getting baptized, you know, I'm a Christian now. And there were certain communities in the New Age who were very upset with me doing this because New Age is like Christianity in terms of having many different denominations. So there's the witches and there's the Satanists, there's the uh, the shaman and there's, you know, different, the tarot community. And I was in the angel kind of community. We were considered by those in the darker communities to be very fluffy, uh, kind of trivial anyway, except I was into the goddesses. I would go to goddess temples and I wrote about goddesses and had goddess cards. So that was why I was kind of accepted by them because they thought that was cool. But they were very mad at me, and I, and I could sense and even feel them praying against me, and that was verified 
um, that, that there was the equivalent of imprecatory prayers from witches and Satanists coming at me um, to try and muzzle me. And I just kept going. And then people were making up stories about me. Someone made up this weird false video. Um, and it turned out to be one of my ex-friends who was really upset. And, and uh, we started to get hate mail. And all of a sudden, this community, you know, you came out of it called Love and Light Community, became the hate community. So they'd be cussing at me, calling me names, threatening me. Um, to, and then the, the more nicer ones would be telling me why I was wrong to go from New Age to Christianity. They were saying, you're doing it backwards. You're supposed to start with Christianity and go into New Age. Or they would come up with some reason I was doing this. They said, I, I must be menopausal. Uh, it must be my Saturn return, whatever that means. Or the the big the one that made me laugh was they said it must be government MK Ulta mind control. That oh my <laughs> gosh, that, that makes so much sense though. It makes so much yeah. sense. <laughs> and, and then and then a lot of people blamed my husband, um, who was saved at the same time that he had been Machiavellian controlling me. So all these oh, and then the big the other one was they said I'm doing this for money and attention not realizing that I was making millions of dollars in the new age, <clears throat> spending more than I was making, as most new age teachers do, by the way. It's why the, how the devil keeps us indentured as servants, is he makes sure that you always have to have money. And so he, he tells you to spend it, um, act as if he tells you, just act as if. So go buy that Mercedes, even though you can't afford it. Act as if you're rich. I'm sure you heard that in the law of attraction. I've, I bought a BMW that I should not have bought. It was like a house payment. So I, I get it. I get it. You'll yeah. it, it get in the car and, and you'll attract the money to pay for it. You That's know? right. Yep. Yeah. Big, big lie. And so the New Agers teachers um, appear to be very successful, but most of them, like me, were in debt. I was super in debt when I left the New Age, particularly to... Uh, on taxes because I, I left in the middle of the tax year and I hadn't saved money for that year's taxes. So, um, and I, and my parents, my elderly parents were living with us and we were caring for them. So it was really hard to figure out, okay, we've got to take care of mom and dad. Um, my, my kids were working with us and for us. I had employees. Um, what are we going to do financially? We had to figure that out. And then all these animals, we have to find homes for them because we can no longer afford them, except for the cats and dogs. They were easy and they could come with us. We have to move somewhere where it's not so expensive. Hawaii is just crazy expensive. And so we have to give the ranch back to the people we were buying it from. It was logistics plus all the people hating on me at the same time. Uh, it was pretty bad. It, it was, you know, about 90% of the mail I got on Instagram because that's how I get my communication with people who subscribe to my channel. 90% of it was hate mail. I mean, it was just open up, cuss, you, you are this, you are that. Or the nicer ones, as I said, they would tell me that I was crazy <laughs> or <laughs> that I was wrong. That was the mail I got. And, and then the Christians were watching me saying, she's not really converted. She's not a real Christian. She's, she, because they could see me fumbling. I was this baby Christian who didn't know what I was doing. And the only person who was there for me was a charismatic ex-New Ager who took me under his wing and introduced me to his charismatic friends. And all of a sudden, I'm in a charismatic online prayer group that's talking about soaking prayers and, and such. And, 
I didn't know they had Bibles and I was watching Joyce Meyer every day on TV and listening to, you know, some of the false teachers. And, and so Christians were kind of laughing at me. And so I appealed to them. I said, look, if you see me doing something unbiblical, talk to me, don't talk behind my back. You guys are just Christians. You're supposed to come help me here. Get, get a hold of me through Instagram. Some of them would. And I had a few mentors. And once we moved, we were able to find out of Hawaii, we were able to find biblically solid church is we started out at, uh, we became Baptist pretty quickly. And we started out at one that was pretty soft. They would say the gospel, but then they would get into areas that would make us cringe. And we finally found a, you know, very solid biblically based church that we've been active members of for a few years now. And um, and then all these products I had made, John, I mean, I had written 70 books and cards and they were in 38 languages and they'd been licensed out. If they had been self-published, I could have said delete, but these were licensed and my and the I wrote to all my publishers around the world and I said, can you stop selling them? And they said, no, we're making money. We've signed a contract. And so. I, so that's why I made the choice to go on social media and tell people to burn or throw away my products because I couldn't get them off the market, the new ones or the used ones. And then in the meantime, these, these, what they call bootleg printers in China and India started bootlegging my old products, the cards. Um, and my publisher couldn't do anything about it. The ex publisher, they fired me in November, 2017 said I was offending witches, which were their client base. That's, and that's hilarious like offend yeah, yeah. yeah oh you guys are you're yeah. you got to go you're offending the witches like i don't think that's i would I, I don't think i ever imagined in my life to hear that in a sentence <laughs> i know but they 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 pay money so they didn't want to you know lose their customer base so they fired me in november 2017 we had just moved taking care of my elderly parents and uh, people are hating on me. And so it was just awful. And I'm still not clear what it means. The gospel means I'm still not clear how to be a Christian. It's a whole different language set than the new age. And so I enrolled in seminary and, and it was just kind of like, I'll put it on my credit card and, and pay it off. And, and then Thomas Nelson came around and said, we want to publish your testimony, which it was very nice of them. I shouldn't have said yes so soon. I was still a babe in Christ with wobbly, um, uh, you know, theology. And so I wish I could redo that book. That would change a lot. But parts of it are pretty good. And and so that money they gave me as an advance paid for seminary. And then I went through seminary for two and a half years full time at Western Seminary in Portland uh, online. And then I took the train. We live up in Washington State down to class. And the main thing that happened there was I learned that Jesus really had given me a new heart and a new life. And I've been reading the Bible from front to back um, for seven years, now, six, seven years since 2017. You could do the math. What is that? Six years this year? I'm, and, not, I'm not too good at math. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. anyway, so I've been reading the whole Bible over and over and over again. And, and I have a biblical worldview and that's a miracle because I was a leftist woke person who thought the Bible was corrupt before I was saved. And now you couldn't, there's no way you could in, in any way convince me there's anything wrong with the Bible. It is inerrant. It's, it's consistent. It is God's word. Amen. 
So there was um you said that when uh when you first left uh New Age, you kind of uh kind of ended up in a, a charismatic environment. So there's something mm-hmm. that I have noticed a lot when people leave the New Age. It's like they leave uh, they leave the new age and then they jump into what I consider is is kind of new age Christianity, which yeah. is like hyper charismatic and a lot of them get into deliverance ministries. Yeah. And, you know, as you said, the demonic attacks are real, right? Mm-hmm. Like I've I've had I had sleep paralysis pretty much my whole entire life. I thought it was trauma mm-hmm. from when I was a kid, like before I became a believer and before I looked into this stuff. I thought it was just my brain processing trauma, right? But I got sleep paralysis pretty much my whole life. And then when I really, really started digging into the word, after I was saved, the sleep paralysis, you know, kind of just stayed the same. But there was a point where I was a very carnal Christian. I know that's an oxymoron, but um, I was a carnal Christian from like the second I got saved. I got saved at Hillsong, you know? So it was a very, I, I also studied apologetics so i knew all the apologetics but i didn't know the bible you know so i believed that jesus is who he says he is but i just didn't i put my faith in him for for my salvation like oh yeah i want to get to heaven gonna check that off the box but i continued living how i was living but then when i got into the word the sleep paralysis got bad it was like they were losing me and they were fighting to keep me but you know i just persevered through it you call on the name of jesus they flee so the spiritual side of it and the the attacks are real but i think that those real attacks kind of push people into these deliverance and hyper charismatic overemphasized incorrect spiritual warfare type churches so is has that been your experience and have you noticed that a lot and if so why do you think that happens yeah exactly what you said i had never had spiritual warfare before. I'm sure I had, but I did. I wasn't consciously aware of it yeah. until 2017. So I got involved with deliverance ministries. I was desperate. So at first, I was listening to these hokey YouTube videos, you know, guaranteed to cast out curses and demons, and 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 so I would play those videos 24/7. I drove my husband crazy because they were always playing in our house, <laughs> and. And so it would help for a while. I mean, I'd get a little peace, enough to sleep maybe that night, but then it would get worse. And and so I thought, well, this is crazy. So then I I paid a lot of money to this very famous uh, deliverance minister who holds up a cross and, you know, comes at you and says, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke you. And all these kind of Hollywoodesque theatrics. And, and that didn't work at all. And so he said, well, you've got to go to one of my colleagues that are near you and then have follow-up sessions. And I thought, you know what? There's just got to be a different way. And then, praise the Lord, um, I started to get solid biblical teaching of what does the Bible say about deliverance? I mean, sure, Jesus empowered the disciples to cast out demons, but also raise the dead and heal the sick, Right. And and there was that one man in the book of Luke that John complained about because he's not a disciple, but he's casting out demons in your name. And then, of course, we go into the book of Acts and we see the apostles casting out demons. We see it in Acts 16 with the psychic girl having her demon cast out by Paul. But after that, after Acts, you do not see 
the deliverance. You do not see it in the early church. There's no instructions to us, the church, to cast out demons. But we do have instructions. We have in Ephesians 6 to put on the armor of God, which means to be in your word, be in the word. And and in Ephesians 6, 10 through 18 is very clear. We get instructions from the apostle Peter, who was very close to our Lord and Savior Jesus during his earthly ministry. And Peter says, submit to the devil. No, not the devil. Submit to God and resist the devil and he will flee. So submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. So those are our instructions that we have. And of course, um, I, I got to interview a few times Pastor Jim Osman, who's written this great yes. book named you, Truth or Territory. You suggested that book to me. Sorry to cut you off, but uh, that book was so good. So yeah. good. Yep. Yes. Thank you for having him on. Well, he's amazing. And, he, you know, he, he came out of darkness himself. And he, he, he's really combed through the Bible about why spiritual warfare happens in the first place. And he said, most of it is from unrepentant sin. And so if, if a Christian, I mean, we all sin, Romans 3.23 says that, but if a Christian is engaging in, in being kind of an antinomian person saying, oh, I've got Christian freedom, I can do whatever I want, they shouldn't be surprised that they're going to have this spiritual warfare happening. And it's really part of the Christian life. It's, you know, Ephesians 6 talks about that. But they, they can't go inside of us. The demons cannot coexist with the Holy Spirit inside of a Christian. That's impossible. So the deliverance ministers who are saying, you know, out, out in Jesus' name to the demons, they must be doing that to unsaved people because there's no way that there could be demons inside of a saved person. Amen. And that was, uh, you know, my conclusion with all of that as well when I when I went down the deliverance rabbit hole because I was uh, I was at a point before I finally ended up in a good church. Isn't it interesting how, you know, we'll have this whole even a Christian spiritual mess till you find yourself at a good, solid church that changes everything. Yeah. Christ changes everything. But when you get around people I mean, I just was never around people who were walking the walk, right? And just mm -hmm. really trying to live out a godly life and, you know, are repentant of their sins and, and just are faithful to their wives and just are, are, it blew my mind. And when I got in that environment, that changed me because I was like, wow, mm -hmm. people like this do exist, you know? And it's, uh, it's interesting how, people get caught up in these hyper charismatic churches and the the good church that I went to was actually a Pentecostal church and I told myself I'll never go to another Pentecostal church ever again after the whole Hillsong thing and I went down the deliverance rabbit hole and trying to break my generational curses and blah 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 I didn't even know that this was a Pentecostal church until months after being there because there was no weird stuff going on you know like we weren't uh, nobody's speaking in tongues and no mm -hmm. interpreters and, uh, you know, just all the craziness that you see. Nobody was manifesting demons mid-service and being around that and getting into people who like we spent uh, the pastor spent 72 weeks in Mark. That was my I never knew that churches went uh, verse by verse, chapter by chapter. I had no yeah. idea that even existed. And when you get yourself around 
real Bible believing Christians and under good leadership, it changes everything. And my, my prayer yeah. is that new agers find their way there. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the Bible commands us to be in fellowship with one another. And so going to church is not optional. It's reading your Bible on your own is very dangerous. You know, I mean, we do that, of course. I read the Bible every day, but some people say they do that instead of church. They say, I, don't, I have a personal relationship with Jesus. I just read the Bible. Yeah, the, the Holy Spirit guides <clears throat> me. Like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah or they w only watch church online. Now, if you've got health issues, of course, that's one thing. But in the absence of that, you need to be in a physical church. And if you don't have a solid church near you, get involved with the church planter or move. It's that important to get closer to a, a solid church. Like when we moved from Hawaii where there wasn't any solid churches um, and, and we came to an area, there's, there's four or five solid churches in our neighborhood. And we're, you know, we feel very blessed to have all these options. I think that's powerful what you just said. You know, if you, if you don't have a good church, move. Yeah. And I don't think people understand how real that is it sounds extravagant mm -hmm. what do you mean move you know what is the most important thing in your life is it where you live is it your job is it this is it that or is it christ and man we uh when we were when we first moved to puerto rico we were having a difficult time finding one in english speaking church just because i mean i haven't fully learned spanish yet you know and two just a church that was going verse by verse but you know and it was one of the reasons that we were thinking of moving because i'm like yo we we can't we we can't plant somewhere where there is nothing for there's no nowhere for us to get involved locally you know and be around fellow believers you get when you know what it's like to be around fellow believers and get in that environment where people are are just gung-ho for god and then you don't have that anymore, you now know what you're missing. And I think a big thing is people don't know what they're actually missing by finding a good church and plugging in. And a good church is a church that's going to tell you about yourself, right? People want churches that make them feel good. I want churches, you know, if I'm going to be going to a church, I want to, when I'm in that environment, feel like I have to step my game up because these people are, are walking the walk and your environment has such a such an impact on you so we're coming you know in for a close almost almost time to get out of here but what i wanted to do is um is ask you know with your ministry and everything that you're doing that you're doing now right because there's a lot of uh youtubers who follow me chris fellow christian youtubers and stuff like that what would be the number one advice for somebody who has a passion for the Lord, who just wants to get the word out there, you know, isn't doing it for selfish ambition and, and just just wants to help people grow in their faith with Christ? You have a huge ministry, you know, even just on YouTube, period. What would be some advice that you would give them? Well, the, the only advice is we have to share the gospel. We're commanded to. And that's the only thing that saves. People's testimonies don't save. Um, the gimmicks don't save. Only the gospel saves. And it's repenting and believing the gospel that leads to salvation. So if someone's resistant to hearing the gospel, like a new ager would be 
thinking, as you mentioned, that uh, the gospel is negative because it has to do with the Lord's crucifixion. It has to do with evil. And New Agers, they just want to stick their fingers in the air and say, no, 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 I don't want to hear it. So everyone likes to be prayed over. Everyone's got issues in their life. So you would want to be attuned to what's going on in your life and then ask that person, can I pray for you? New Agers love to be prayed over and they will kind of drop their defenses when you pray with them. And as you're praying, you know, genuinely pray for God's blessing on an intervention on their issue and pray, put the gospel in there. Just thank, thank God for sending his son, Jesus to come to earth, fully God, fully man, and to die in our place to take the wrath that we all deserve. And that he was raised from the dead three days later. What a miracle. All these other spiritual leaders are dead in the ground. Jesus is the only one with the empty tomb. And he has now ascended to the right hand of the Father, and he will return to judge us all. Put that into the prayer, and and they'll hear it. I mean, the gospel, the, God's word does not return void. And they'll hear it, even if they're like, no, 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 I don't want to hear that. They, they, it's there. <laughs> and anytime we talk to people, we have to put the gospel, put it up front, um, and don't be ashamed. One of the things I read before I was saved that really kind of got to me and shifted to knowing who Jesus is, is he said, if you're ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of you. And so don't be ashamed of the gospel. Don't be ashamed to talk about Jesus. John and I can both tell you as kind of public figures, we know it's not popular in some circles to talk about Jesus. We know there's pushback from the woke community but you got to do it anyway. There's no option. We're commanded to in the Great Commission. Amen. And all of the pushback that we get is nothing in comparison to the blessing we have in just knowing Christ. You know, it, that's it, right. Knowing Christ is is peace. Um, I wish that I could just hand people the peace that I have. You know, when I see them going through struggles and I see them dealing with things, but the only way they can they can experience that peace is through Christ. So I think what you said is so important because when you're praying for somebody and they've been vulnerable about what they might need prayer for, you now know that they are struggling. And if they're struggling, we know the only one who can help them in their struggles is Christ. It's not a guru. Right. It's not law of attraction coach. It's not a new age teacher. It's, it's not someone selling spiritual heroin. It's just christ so i think that is a, a good note to end off mm -hmm. on just before we do doreen um just tell the people where they can find you yeah um well you can always write to me at my instagram account doreen virtue um i am slow to respond because i have a lot of things going on and it's just me so i do my best to respond i these days it's maybe two to three letters a day i answer and i want to say that it's shifted recently um praise the lord so i don't get as much hate mail That's and awesome. today I, I got a letter that i frequently get now from a woman who said you know when you converted i unfollowed you i thought you were crazy to leave the new age but now jesus has called me too and now i'm a christian so i get a lot of those hallelujah type of letters from people who say that they thought i was nuts and they hated me and, and even some who had sent me the hate mail right to apologize not that i need that you know, I need my my focus is that people who are in the new age would realize that um, it's the path to hell. 
And if they're a professing Christian, that we're not to blend, try to blend. We can't drink of the, the cup of the, you know, the cup of the demons and the cup of the Lord. We can't sit at the table of the Lord and the t table of the demons. And the Bible is clear that idolatry is something that is condemned sin. And New Age is all about idolatry, trying to make crystals and essential oils and, and sage and yoga as our substitute gods, as our path to peace. And only Jesus is. Amen. And uh, I think, you know, the fact that you have people reaching back out to you shows, um, you know, your fruits of the spirit, one of them being long suffering, endurance. You know, you endure long enough that these people see that you're serious about Jesus. Yeah. And when you're serious about something, they realize everything that you gave up to follow this path. It, they may not admit it immediately, but down the road, they question, wow, it, it, there must be something to it if she's still at it and hasn't came back yeah. here for the money. So, yeah. You know, shout out to you, Doreen. Thank you so much. Yeah. yeah, there's no money involved. I never ask for donations. I don't have a Patreon come in my way. I just, I, I really want people to know that I'm doing this because I feel terrible that I was teaching wrongly and that I, I don't want to see anyone going to hell. Um, you know, I mean, the new age will get you nothing. I was in it over 50 years. It got me nothing but a messed up life and i had it all financially it looked like but i was still empty and and struggling i was famous but i was empty so we've got to be very aware of where our treasure is and to build our treasures in heaven not trying to build them here on earth amen well with that being said thank you so much for uh for being on here doreen guys make sure that you Follow her Instagram, follow her on uh, all social media, follow her on YouTube. Uh, she has DoreenVirtue.com, right? Yeah, follow Jesus. Don't follow me, but you can subscribe <laughs> to my channel. <laughs> for, for it's lack all, glory, of... <laughs> all glory to God. Yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to change the language next time I do that. <laughs> all right, guys. God bless. I'll see you all on the next one.